This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. Now listening to Sweep the Rack podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Yo, my bad. All the people out there. Tonight was my fault. Tonight was my fault. Usually it's Mike's fault when we're running a little late. Or we have to reschedule days or times. This week was my fault, but guess what? Work comes first. When your boss puts a 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time call on your calendar when you're walking out the door, um, you, I did tell him, though. I said, yo, like, you know, it's podcast night, right? So, <laughs> and he looks at me, and he's like, I didn't even know, man. He's like, I thought it was Wednesdays. I'm like, no, we changed it to Thursday. He's like, yo, man, let me see if I could do it. I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. I'm like. I'm like, work comes first. What's wrong with the mic, Nico? Let is, us know. Is it, is it my mic? Maybe. Hold on. Maybe I'm. Nico is uh, getting agitated tonight, you know. Um, Jimmy thought I was getting kicked out of a school board meeting. No, that's those are on, those are on Wednesdays, Jimmy. Those are on Wednesdays. Love it. Yeah, I Love think it. my I think my mic is better now. I just changed my mic over to my good mic. Okay. Right, can you guys hear me now? I'm a mess tonight. I don't know what to tell you. We're late. My mic's not working. I suck in league. I can't. I can't. I can't bowl in house shots. Let me get in my league review real quick, Mike. Nico, let us know what you're bowling. Nico says he had a last practice today before a fun tournament next weekend. What are you bowling? Let us know. Go ahead. Yeah, my mic. Let's hear about your league experience. Yo, I can't bowl in this place, man. This league, this house shot is. Yo, I know you're going to laugh, but it's not easy. It's not, and I can't explain it. If you, if I miss left, I go dead through the face. If I miss right, I 2-8-10. I bowled 6-3, no, 6-18. 6-18 this week. I had 6-37 last week, 6-18 this week. I, I've tried bowling balls. I've tried new equipment. I've tried everything, and I just can't find anything in this bowling center right now. So let me ask this: Like, what are there? Are there high scores being bowled? No, not at all. There hasn't been a like. What's the, the you know? What's the high series on a given night? I think there's there's still people bowling like high in the in the in like the low to highs, like seven thirties to seven forties. It's a it's a okay. it's 150 people bowl in the league. It's like 30 teams of five. So 150 people bowl and like 730, 740 is the high series. I think 750-ish. I haven't I haven't yeah, I, you know, I gotta say, like, that sounds pretty tough. Dude. You know, that sounds that sounds like okay. they're you know, but, they're not clearly it's not just to throw it anywhere type no, action. No, oh no. Butcher bowls in the league. Josh I know, Blanchard you keep bringing that up. You keep bringing up Buckley. Blanchard Bowls and Mike Fitzgerald. Like, I don't really – I'll be honest. Like, I don't – here's – the thing to me is, like, 
those aren't really the guys I'm going to look to to like absolutely be whacking them on a house shot every week. Right. Like I, what I want to know is is there is there one or more or a handful of bowlers who have unlocked whatever it is you need to do on this particular house shot to really be whacking them and be averaging 240. Is there anyone averaging yeah. 240? No. I don't think there hasn't been any honor scores. Is there anybody averaging 230? I have to look, probably. You know what it is, Mike? It's the guy bowled against us that we bowled against had the front nine the third game. He was a low rev rate, knuckling up 10 bowler. Okay. Because Makes they're sense. really, really wet dry. Okay. So if you're left like me and you're not real, like you're, it's complete wet dry, Mike. It's okay. like you miss right, it hooks early, you miss left. Well, yeah, I mean, in. wet dry, like, yeah, you want to knuckle it, right? If I right. if I get if I see wet dry, I'm trying to get as far right as I can without right. the ball hooking out of my hand, and right. I'm trying to just suitcase it, and I'm trying to just so here's, shoot quates, shoot so quates right up the lane, really, is what I'm trying so to do. Here's my strategy next week, and we'll see if it pays off. IQ tour or something very smooth. I'm going to move my ass right, and I'm going to literally try to come up the back of the ball. Like, so I can get it in the dry, and I could just play, like, up, like, 12 to, like, 5. And just ultimately, I'm going to try to kill my ball next week instead of trying to. I think I'm trying yeah, to play some, it too some, far left to right. Sometimes that's the way you got to do on these on these house patterns is just yeah. take your hand out of it and, and just, just try to puck it up park. the lane, shoot quakes yeah. right up the lane, nothing on it. And just let the ball roll and, you know, kind of rolls out happens. when it hits the dry. And it's not real fun. Like, you know, it's not real fun to try and throw it that way. And the way, carry but. sucks. And the carry sucks because if you hit the if you hit the rack the wrong way, you flat 10. So it's – Yeah, it's well, you, you, like, you, you got to make sure you're getting it to the dry. Well, you that's know, another that problem. Shit, you got to make sure you, – if you're, if you're going to take that strategy, I feel like you got to get it to the dry enough where it's really like, you know, know. – Burnt, like I, almost burning up into the hole, but just going right through them. So that's a, like a lesson for the people out there, right? Like if you, if what you're doing in league isn't working every week, I go in there and I'm trying like new balls, ball speeds. I'm moving my eyes left. I'm moving my eyes, right. But Mike, no, no, no. There's no excuses. What's the excuses? The excuses. Jimmy in the I'm chat saying right Rob now. is full of excuses tonight. It's excuse. It's no excuses. I'm telling you, I'm bowling shitty. There isn't. I'm not making excuses. I'm trying no different. I'm trying. I'm trying different things because you know, Mike. Once you find it and you understand what to do correctly, it'll be there most hopefully the year until they switch it on me. Whatever. Well, that's um, that's see that's what I was gonna say. Like the way I view house shots a lot. Like got guys will you know house bowlers will say to me, "Oh, well, you say what you say about house shots, but how come you know I go over to this place and I don't I don't bowl well, you know, no matter what I do." And like that house shot is hard. And I tell them like, "No, that house shot isn't hard. It's just different, and you got to do something likely radically different than what you do." to have success on that particular house shot. But you're right. Once you kind of figure out what you have to do, then yeah, it, it, I think, you know, you can we'll kind of un unlock the, unlock the easiness. We'll see what happens because I know a lot of people also are struggling um, in that league right now. 
Uh, so it's not just me. Um, I mean, my average is. Uh, oh, I would have got hammered by Mama Mia this week. Um, <laughs> e Julio Rod saying Mama Mia beat you with the handicap. Dude, everybody's beating me, but uh, ultimately, right now, it's a long league. Um, I think my average is. I was getting. I made a mistake on my Twitter. I was getting 17 pins a game, so I think I'm around two two ten ish right now. Um, probably after this week, I'll probably be more into two O's. I'm fine with that right now. Um, this is my first little league. But here's the funny thing, Mike. You're gonna laugh. I bowled in the same bowling center at a regional. I had 740 my first three at the regional. I haven't. I broke 700 once in four weeks there on the house shot. It's amazing how someone you could put out a house shot and I can't. I'm struggling on the house, but you put out a 48 foot shark pattern, and my ball reaction will look a thousand times better. Well, that, listen, that that's that's another thing that I think is a huge misconception in bowling with the house shot nonsense is that, you know, bowlers think, oh, well, this pro bowler, you know, if they're so good and house shots are so easy, then they should just come in and crush it and beat everybody anyway and never miss. Or, oh, this guy who throws it great, you know, he he, he should come in and never miss. And honestly, if when you throw it good and, and, and you bowl on, on, you know, conditions that require, um, uh, you know, more accuracy and a different way of rolling the ball that don't have free hook, I would say is probably the biggest difference. You learn to roll it in a way that really isn't that effective on the house stuff. And well, you know, is. Your, your game gets tailored to this, to the pro shots, to the sports shots. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, I mean, because can, we had a, we had a discussion about it a little while back on Twitter where uh, Dr. Barnes actually chimed in shout the beef and Barnesy podcast. Uh, Dr. Barnes actually chimed in and, um, you know, was saying how he feels that it, it – it, uh, I forget what his point was, actually. I think it was about, like, rev rate created versus speed control, and that was kind of one of the points that he was making, and that's a good point. Like, bowling on the tougher stuff, you're usually trying to throw it slower and stay more under control, whereas on the house stuff, I think, you know, you really want to cock back and really and really throw it to a certain degree. So, yeah. Uh, but I, I remember – see, and this is where, like – I've seen it throughout my career when it comes to house bowlers and the difference between a house bowler pro compared to like a regular pro. Right. So what happens is the style that if someone grew up in a bowling center, which we all did, but never left the bowling center, essentially your style, it, it the, the way the bowling center is and the lane surface and the lanes, if you never leave that center, your style ultimately it, it, it adjusts to that bowling center, right? Agreed. So you're essentially your ball roll, your speed, your rev rate almost like matches up that. to what you have to do to strike in that center because right. that's how you learn to strike. And that's right? the only so, place you bowl, right? And that, that's the yeah, only place you bowl. That's why it was so important as, as young, young sure. youth, you know, youth bowlers to go to, to, go different, to different houses, right? And go to different bowls. So like, right. you know, I mean, right? yeah, no, I, but, I, I, t- I totally agree with you. And that's where, like, yeah, like that was the biggest thing about JBT and why it prepared you for the next level because it gave you so many different looks and versions. And I'll give you a great, a great story about something like that. We bowled in this league at Lake Forest. This was years ago. It was one of the Mama Mia leagues. It was like some Vegas fun league, right? <laughs> and I bowled in it. I bowled in it just to like meet people. Like I was new to the area. I wanted to meet people, you know. Um, so I did it. Um, and everybody, all they bowled in Lake Forest for for a year, right? 
every at the end of the year, the sweeps would go to the Gold Coast. Okay. So this whole league then would bowl for all of the money in Gold Coast. Gold Coast house shot obviously was a lot different than Lake Forest house shot. Gold Coast would put out a ton more oil, right? Now, being the bowler that I was and how I was able to adjust and see the different, even going from one house shot to another house shot, these people had no idea how to adjust to that. Right. Right. Because all they did was bowl at Lake Fart. Now you go to Gold Coast and you're putting out a new house shot. Right. But the new house shot had a ton more volume. Right. So nobody knew how to move right or nobody knew how to put surface. Right. Again, still easy. Still you easy. Still unlock it. You know, but everybody was going to come out and whack them. Okay. Everybody was struggling. Everybody. The whole league struggled because nobody knew how to adjust. And here I come, bring a new ball, bring six with me, put a pad to it, you know, and bowl great to take pretty much. I, I mean, I, I ran away with all their money on the sweeps because nobody knew how to book. You had the 230. Rob loves beating up on Mamma Mia. I do. Did you hear Mama how Mia, excited he it. was about that, guys? Ten years ago. Oh, Ten years my ago. God. This was years ago. But You're all a prick. I'm saying is. You're a prick. I'm going to call you a prick tonight, prick. All I'm saying is, is that the fact where you could even go from one house shot to another house shot. But if people are all they're bowling on is one center for their whole career and their whole lives. You'll never experience and be able to adjust to anything else, and that's so. That's two, pretty much the point. Two more points to that: when we bowled JBTs, and you you will attest to this, there were a lot of times where we used to hear about guys. We used to hear about guys. Yeah, take that down for a minute. I'm I'm, I'm yeah, gonna bring. Yeah, yeah, his, we're gonna, his, I uh, like that comment. Yeah, so do comment. I, and I have a I have a follow up to that too, uh, or I'll transition to that in a second. But Rob, you know as well as I do, and I'm not naming names here. But there were there were there were guys out there who we had heard of, like oh so and so from this place, or so and so from that place, right? And we would hear yeah. oh they bowled this, they bowled that, they're averaging this, yeah. they're averaging that, yeah. right? And then they would come out to a JBT, you know, at, at not at the place where they regularly bowled, and they would get they would get their lunch okay. eaten, they would get okay. their lunch eaten, right? So yeah, you know, I I, I totally I totally agree with that. You also see this on tour, right? We'll bring up Jimmy's quote in a minute here, his comment in a minute here. But, Rob, how many times do you see where when they go back to a similar place, uh, one guy runs them over repeated years in that in that place? You know, I, you, you see that often. Because, I mean, again, like their, their ball, what they do happens to match up well there, and it kind of unlocks something for them, and they're able look, to look repeatedly at, bowl good. Mike. Look at the stats and from when the World Series of Bowling was at South Point. Because they used to go back every year. And I bowled a few of those at South Point, um, the World Series. I bowled, I think, two two years I bowled South Point. And the, usually the same bowlers were really, really bowling well in that building. Um, and a lot of Storm players bowled really well in that building because the Storm balls at the time matched up very well to the South Point Bowling Center, not the stadium. The um the ebonite balls at the time were really burning up really early on the lanes, and a lot of the EBI guys couldn't get their balls to go down the lane, right? Um, so you guys had like Belmonte who really, really ran that play, loved it, South Point, loved it. Right. And then of- in the chat, Jimmy making a good point. You know, you can kind of look at that idea uh as applying to to Darty, right, in the World Series uh, to you right. know last year. You know, where he he was bowling in a house he was really familiar with and, you know, kind of dominated and, uh, you know, performed to a level that we hadn't seen him perform at before. You know, and, yeah, you do have to look at that and say, you know, 
match quote unquote matching up in that center or being familiar with how to strike in that center. Yeah, you would you would think has something to do with that. So here's a good example. Like I'm bowling a tournament this weekend. Uh, one of the CBEs we had, you know, the complete bowling events that we had Theo on. It's at RH Johnson in Sun City. I that those are the that's the center where the last two times that I bowled, I finished second on Red Square, and I bowled the doubles um, with uh, uh, I believe it was Katie Hurley, and I went like 300 over for like seven. My last two tournaments there. I like that building. I see my ball doing the right thing in that building, regardless of what pattern they put out. I see my ball doing the right thing. But if I go to Cabazon in California, Moreno Valley at the um the casino, and oh, I've bowled there like five times, and I've I've never cashed in that building. You see it. You know when you're you're matching up and you have the right everything. But it's amazing how you can go from like even the same bowling pattern. I could bowl on. Viper at you know Sun City and kill him and put up Viper at Camazon in Moreno Valley and literally be 200 under. So, yes, it's a lot of the bowling alley characteristics. You know, Kegel did a big study on the um the lane topography, right? We've talked about that. You know, the lane topography is a huge deal in a lot of these centers to the fact that Kegel was actually going to some of these centers and they were fixing the topography, which costs an arm and a leg. They did it at the bowling stadium uh, years ago when the lefties would just run them over. Remember when the Reno bowling stadium, the lefties would just kill them. Well, it was a topography issue when they built the stadium. I guess whoever put the lanes in didn't really take that into consideration you know, Chris Shawtran and Kegel was literally going to a lot of these bowling centers and fixing the topography. Affects it. It does. It's just the bowling alley characteristics. So, yeah, like maybe, you know, see, I can't blame the bowling characteristics of where I'm bowling league. I can't blame that because I killed the regional in qualifying there, the same bowling center. So, obviously, the there's something that just doesn't fit what I'm doing with the house shot compared to when I bowl on a, a pattern. And I'm trying to figure that out right now, but I'm hoping by mid-year, the way it's going right now, I might need another 10 weeks to figure out what the fuck I'm doing there. Um, but yeah, I know I think this is a good conversation because I'm hoping this, like, you know, people who are listening, they 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 go, Oh, yeah, maybe well, you know, you know, maybe I'm not bowling in this center for a reason that I never realized. I don't know. I mean, I, I some I, I stay away from Cabazon now, Moreno Valley. I don't go near that bowling center. Just because I know my ball sucks there, and I plaque ten every time I, I try to throw it there, but whatever. All right, so Rob, earlier we're going to move forward. Earlier this week uh, on Twitter, uh, there was a video that you sent out, or you you re, you retweeted, I guess, um, and it was a video from NASCAR, and it was it, it was one driver uh, running up to the car and and punching the shit out of another driver. Okay. Oh, that's good. And you you retweeted it, and you you said something to the effect of like, "Hey, PBA, are you paying attention?" Yeah, we know we know around here. If you're new around here, uh, be aware that you know Rob is like a a wrestling fan. Okay, he he wants to see the PBA manufacture um like like drama, WWE level drama, physical physical drama, even. I don't want to manufacture it. I want it to be he real. He wants it for real. Right, right. Real. So so here's the conversation we'd like to have. And people in the chat, feel free to get involved. This should be a, this should be a good one. Uh, 
and and I said this on Twitter, and I told everybody that we we would come and discuss this this week. Uh, what PBA fights you want to see? What oh, PBA this, fights do you want to see? This is just too good. Um, honestly, like I really put some thought into this um, because I think it, it it's an interesting topic of conversation because <laughs> I feel like a real fight on the show, well, let alone if it will never happen, would be covered by every major media outlet like the, the NASCAR fight was, right? No one said a word about the actual race. Nobody said, look, well, let me say something here. When, when, when Blanchard fell on the lane with the bowling ball, Nobody said a word about the event. Nobody remembers who won that tournament. Pete Weber, who do you think you are? I am. People, they say to me till this day, oh, you're a bowler. Oh, who do you think you are? I am. I'm like, do you even know what tournament or where that was? Like, no, like nobody knows that was a U.S. Open. Nobody, nobody knows, right? People remember the who do you think you are? I am, right? The, the bottle incident with Rash, right? The bottle, but nobody remembers where that was or all I'm saying is a real fight on the PBA, a real fist fight. I mean, I'm talking like throwing squared up, right? squared up, squared up. I mean, really, like the scenario would probably be that someone strikes, right, and they they get mouthy as they're coming back and turning around, and the opponent like comes out of the chair and either squares up with them right there on the approach or kind of tackles them and goes into, you know, battle form from there, uh, you know, UFC style and takes it to the ground. But all right, what what PBA fights do you do you want to see, right? We have some thoughts. Jimmy's just killing the chat right now. He is. He, he says is. Bill versus Prather. No, Bill first versus off, Bill, Prather. Bill's not a fighter. Okay, Bill's not a fighter. Okay, Bill's already well admitted that. He, that Bill would not be – that. yeah, that wouldn't be a good fight. That, that actually, out of all the fights we could we could arrange – I would picture that as like maybe one of the weakest fights. I would say. I mean, like a like a, a, a Thomas a Thomas Larson a Thomas Larson Frankie versus, versus Frankie Lavoie fight would probably be a level below that for me. The Bill the Bill and Prather, but I picture a Bill and Prather fight very boring. I picture it as more like slap boxing than actual actual brawling. I want to see uh Bill. I want to see Bill versus Belmo. I want to see that shit show of a of a fight. Uh, best friends fight each other like met like WrestleMania four when the mega powers explode and Macho Man fought Hulk Hogan. You see Belmo fight Bill O'Neill. You know for the for the title for the for the for the PBA playoff <laughs> title. Um, but honestly, so I have a couple of good matches here. Now I, I really dug down out of the woodwork for some of these pros that I want to see fight each other. Okay, I want to see a handicap match. Okay, I want to see the Tang brothers fight Tom Hess. Okay, <laughs> oh, two on one, two on two on one. I want to see two on one. All right, listen, it's funny, it's funny you bring up Tom Hess because he 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 would be like a, a main event, like put him on every card type Rock fighter. Brock Lesnar, right? Brock Lesnar, no, <laughs> he would. Yeah, he would be put him on every card. So I I would not be able to get enough. Of Tom Hess fighting. It's a, so I have a good old school one for you, right? How's this for you? Tom Hess versus Dave Traber. 
and Dylan big, big boy style. Well, that was my next seat. It's funny you brought up Dave the Entremont. No, Traber. Was, Traber. Oh, Traber. Dave Entremont. Traber. Dave okay. Traber, because the Entremont was my next. But the Entremont, he, he always seemed too calm to me. He always seemed – Get you a know, couple was, drinks. Get a okay. couple drinks. Right. Dave the Entremont versus Rudy Revs. Okay. All right, I like that one. Dude, Rudy Revs. Could you imagine that battle? That would – that's that's like heavyweight. That's like heavy. That's like one time only. You know, champ versus champ. Here's here's Big another D one. I, Rudy Revs. Here's another one I came up with that I thought would be, and, and it's kind of a classic. You got to take both these players at their prime, right? But I think just in terms of 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 how they match up in stature and how they match up in uh in in will to win, I think it might be a great bout. How about Norm Duke against Marshall Holman? How about that I'm, one? Oh, I'm taking Marshall Holman. Yeah, fire. I mean, you see I don't know, the man. Foul light? If if he lays a kick like he kicked a foul <laughs> light under Norm Duke, the whole uh, the whole thing the whole thing would explode. Oh, uh, I got it. I well, we got it. I had to. I I also have to arrange. You got to arrange about between Paluzic and and a two hander. There's got to be some sort of some sort of bout there. Doesn't Pluzic's losing regardless of who he fights two hander? I don't know a two hander that would lose to Pluzic. Might be true. Yeah, we probably we probably have to put him in the ring with a with a with a Canadian. I think probably like Zach Wilkins or something. You know, put him put him in the ring with a Canadian who's like real nice. You know, see, I, I like this matchup better against Holman. I like to see uh, Brian Voss versus Marshall Holman. Prime, yeah. prime boss. You think you think bra- you think boss can brawl? Oh, I mean, um, unless he messed up his hair. I don't. I know see. That's what I'm that. saying. Like he's a little, he's a little uh, pretty to be brawling. You know. Ooh, I mean, yeah, we Jimmy, we good one. See- Simo versus yeah. Randy. Ooh, uh, I think Simo's Man. gonna win that. Man, okay. Simo's gonna win that. Um, what about a, a battle of the commentators, Rob Stone? Versus, uh, what I can't think of who's the other announcer that's always on there. I can't think of it. it, it uh, Dave Ryan, Dave Ryan, Dave Ryan. What about Rob Stone versus Dave Ryan in a battle of uh, of uh, commentators? Um, yeah, see, this is a this is a good point. Voss does have military training, he does, but you know, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, Voss to me in a fight is like is like Patrick Swayze, uh, in the movie Roadhouse, like it's just not believable that he's that tough. I'm sorry. Like, I just, I don't know. So, do you know, do we know of any bowlers who actually train MMA or train like jujitsu or have any like fight? I, I don't know of any bowlers that actually train like on the off season and, and do jujitsu. Does anybody know? That's a good question because yeah, it's a jujitsu is really popular these days. And a lot of people, I mean, it's great cardio. I'd imagine a lot of people don't do it because you could like separate a shoulder or, or like hurt yourself and you, you probably would be out of commission for a while. Um, I also, I also want to say, like, remember Sean Rash with the comments about the urethane sure. on the show with Matt Matt Russo, and Matt Russo then went up and and opened and had that frame. So I feel like there could be there could be a revenge upset there, but there's definitely a physical mismatch between those two. So yeah, uh, it would be it would be interesting to see if the if the revenge factor plays out in that one. 
Honestly, if you're going to ask me, like current like bowlers, I'd like to see Tommy Jones fight Sean Rash. Ooh. I think that would be a good fight. Ooh, okay. I All think right. Tommy Jones has got that southern, like, you know, that southern brawler type, you know, break the beer bottle over your head and then over your own head and then his head. And then, you know, the country music would be playing and then people would be falling over the bar and this is this is a good this is a good see you're you're thinking like me kevin weeks you're you're going for like the what's the what's the prime matchup right ginger assassin versus kelso pineapple express heavyweight heavyweight bout yes heavyweight bout weeks yes absolutely anyway so uh, look like we all kid here right let's all yeah we're just having you know we're just we're just having fun um you know, now will a real it would, like, it would be some wild shit though if some, if, if, if somebody smacks somebody else on a PBA show. Like, like really Will would. Smith, Chris Rock type shit. Yes, it would. It really would. Like it you that know, like, that would even have somebody like me just howling, howling out of my seat, you know. But you know, we wanted remember, to have a little fun with it. We saw that we saw that NASCAR clip and uh you know I, I, chi- I chimed that into Rob, so we decided to br- bring it here. I remember there was a TV show that you couldn't watch, and uh, I DVR you DVR'd it, and there was the show that Rash um, had that outburst. Yeah, and, and I called you, and I'm like, you Mike, you gotta watch the show. You gotta watch the show. It's amazing. And the first thing you asked was, was there a fight? Did I miss a fight on the show? And I'm yeah. like, no, it wasn't it wasn't that good? Like, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. I, I feel like a, a, a real like back and forth argument, or even a really heated argument would actually be really good for the PBA. Like a back and forth, like, you know, almost getting the fists, like almost, you know, where they had to get separated, you know, like, like a, like a UFC weigh-in, you know, where like a, yeah. Like, like a chest, chest to chest after the shot yelling in the other person's, you don't want this. You don't want this son. And then they would have to separate them. And then, you know, hopefully those two bowlers are actually like really good bowlers and they're always making shows, and then all of a sudden they're bowling each other all the time, you know. And I feel like the Rash Belmo could have got there if there was if the PBA didn't try to squash it back when they did. Um, I feel like the PBA needs to be supporting that kind of behavior, <laughs> and they need to, you know, they need to say, "Oh, hey, like let's get let's let these two guys go at it." Um, if, yeah, if, oh yeah, if, they these, would be oh, if yeah. these hypotheticals uh, were to take place, would the players? Jimmy asked, "Would the players be suspended?" Uh, for the whole year after something like that, Uh yeah, I think so. Probably, yeah. they, you know what they, they, the, uh, you know, look like the PBA is still a professional organization. There's so many rules. These guys get suspended for like, you know, Say, complaining about the link in the show. I know. I can't imagine what would happen if someone threw a punch on TV. Um, you know, but um, I, you know, I, I feel like the PBA needs to like be like, hey, like let let them let them show the emotions. If you got two players that are going to want to go at it and they're going to want to yell at each other and they're going to want to go face to face and almost come to blows and then do it. Um, but, you know, look like I, I live in a little bit of a different world on how to get the PBA more entertaining than a lot of people do. I think my way would be the right way and it would bring in a lot of ratings. Um, and Mike, maybe I'm thinking about maybe I should write an article on how the PBA should be more entertaining because I'm always talking about, I'm always complaining about how bowling is an entertaining sport on TV. That it, it takes the players to make it entertaining, because bowling is not going to be 
you know, uh, bringing in, you know, the ratings that we I think we want. Nico, I got to correct you, my guy. We got much love for you around We here, got gotta, Ryan Simonelli. You're saying we got Ryan Sim- No, no, no. That's not what we happened. Asked question. We had Ryan Simonelli on, and we asked him about his comments that he had made repeatedly, repeatedly on social media. Like, it was super clear that he had some serious frustrations with what was going on on the lanes and uh, and and on the left side out there. Okay, so you know he's the one who who went in that direction. We didn't even we had no idea that he was going to say uh, what he said. Nor did we know that uh, the PBA was going to react in that way. You yeah, know? we didn't so, know. That was all new to us. Um, let me bring up Jimmy's comment here. No, Tom Clark for Chad Murphy, maybe Jeff Riggles versus Chad Murphy. Oh, that's oh, the yeah. I I would pay pay per view. To watch that, I oh would. I would pay pay per view to watch Riggles and Murphy do a charity boxing it. match. Yeah, I would. Yeah, no helmet. I think Chad Murphy would lose. I'm gonna be honest with you. I well, think there's Chad a lot of anger. Too much rage. There's a lot of anger there. Yeah. Yep. You know. Um, I feel you. Oh, what a great topic. We don't do any more fun topics like this. This always is one of my favorite parts <laughs> of the show. Um. Oh, speak of the devil. 2023 schedule. Um, it's almost October, Mike. Are we going to see a 2023 schedule from the PBA? Hopefully soon. John in the chat also asked streaming. Any word on streaming? No, no. I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I wouldn't expect much. I wouldn't expect much more than match play, perhaps. You know, so we're still waiting on word, John. You know, Trust it'll me. be it'll be very interesting to see what they come out with. Uh, after this long wait, you know, is it going to be the same old, same old, you know, start in January, you know, majors, World Series of Bowling, uh, team event in the summer type deal, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, look, like one did it last year was the end of October. I don't remember, honestly, I can't barely remember what I had for lunch today, let alone when the schedule was released last year. But I'll take your word for yeah, it. It sounds about right. Um, Is is it? Obviously, to me, that's too late, right? Like these pros got to like book travel schedules, right? And like, I mean, do you think that's too late for a schedule? Like when the first tournament of the year probably would be like January, first or second week of January. He's giving these guys like a month or two. I I don't think it's too late. I mean, I'd prefer it earlier, but I don't think it's too late. You know, you would think that they're putting together the schedule for next year in the beginning of this season. So, I, I mean. It just like logistically of how they would do it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me as to why it would take that long. But I'm, you know, I, I, there's probably a reason behind it that we just don't know. But um, okay, all right, Rob, you mentioned you might write an article. Yeah. I wrote an article. You did. You set the bowling world, I think, on fire a little bit. Did I? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't I really. Like I didn't a- really look at it that way. Not not on fire, but I feel like it's just such a slow time in the bowling world for bowling news. There hasn't been any, like, bowling on TV. There hasn't been any, like, controversy. Um, I feel like this was actually a really good time to release an article like that because we saw some other other media, like, jump on. Like, we saw a a video from J.R. Raymond that was probably in response to a lot of what, like, your article was. I'm not sure what the hit numbers were, how many people read your article, but um, it seemed like a lot of people like took took note, at least of what you were saying. 
Um, I love. Yeah, it got people's. I think people who came across it, it got their attention. I love bringing that up to the forefront of the bowling world. Um, I think it, it it's barely ever talked about other than on our show. Um, I, I, I really don't ever hear or talk or see any other media or, or even like bowling this month or bowling like magazines or, or, or any really body talking about it, maybe other than us and, and probably Jeff, who's not afraid to post stuff like that on his 11 frame blog. Um, but I feel like at this point in the bowling world, like it, it, it needs to be talked about. Um, I don't know. I just felt like it was a, it, a people, it got people's attention for sure. You know, like, and a lot of people have strong opinions about it, but I love that. Like, well, people, I think because a lot of people bowl on the house shit <laughs> and a, a lot so of people a little bit, have a lot of their accomplishments on the house shit. And I think, when they come across it and they read it, they probably feel like, oh, you know, he's talking about me. And that's right. not true of me. And so you think he's you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him what what it is, you know. Right. But so is that what you, you think a lot of people took it personally, like you were calling their accomplishments fraudulent, essentially. Yeah, I do. I mean, in in, in, in reading <laughs> in reading did. some of the responses to it and seeing how people reacted in a way, yes, I do. Um, you know, so there's been two follow people, you know, people were so uh, like, you know, interested in what I had to say and the argument I was making that there's been two follow up articles. Right. So uh, one was by a guy, Luke Rossdale. I'm not familiar with who he is. Uh, he has a YouTube with a lot of subscribers. I know that he does a lot of ball review videos. He uh, he also uh, is is a storm self-admitted patch pirate uh you know he he said that in the article not me i'm not i'm not calling him that even though if the shoe fits wear it um i love it i love it i love people that term is gonna be (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's great um so i you know like in terms of luke's article i'll be honest I, i thought your brother summarized it my thoughts really well he's you know he said like the article wasn't really saying all that much. It was kind of just throwing your hands up in the air and saying, oh, well, you know what? This is the way it is, and that's okay, and it could be this way, and some people are only in it to have fun and have a few beers. And listen, guys, I get all that. I said that in my article. Like, I get that there are people out there who have zero interest in bowling on something harder. And and you know what? I'm I'm going to talk in a minute about why that doesn't make sense anyway. But I'm okay with that. All right, I don't really care about that. Those aren't the people I'm talking about. I'm really talking about you know guys like Luke, who are you know good bowlers. They're very into bowling. He said he has pro shop experience and this and that, but don't really make sport bowling in a league setting a priority in the area that they're in. Okay, he even talked about in the article how he bowls a league with a lot of really good bowlers and Wichita State guys and regional players, and they don't bowl on something tough. And I don't get it. I I don't get it. Like what? Yeah, what? I don't. You know, what's the reason? If everybody's open to it, then why not do it? Why not? Why not set the standard in your own area? You know, why not try and try and get that conversation started in your area? Why not have other bowlers walking in or bowling next to you and saying, oh, man, you know, I know all you guys are good bowlers. How come nobody's shooting 300 or 280? You know, and, and it's a chance to educate people. 
you know, so I get it. I hear you, Luke. I, I do, man. Like I, I'm not, I'm not blind to the idea that there's people out there that only want to bowl on the recreational side of the game. And I'm not saying take that away, but I am saying delegitimize that. Okay. I am saying make a more clear line of demarcation between the two sides of the game. Right. And, and if that means something as clear as colored oil or easy level scrolling across the bottom of the screen, then so be it. You know, I'm okay with that. Let's give people a reason to come to the other side of the game. Now, here's a, if I was going to write another article, which I'm not, okay, but if I was, here are some of the things that I would be touching on. Here's some of the questions I'd be asking, all right? Why do you have to score high to have fun? Like, like these, these guys like Luke who say, Oh, I'm out for a couple beers with my buddies on this night that I bowl and we bowl on a house show. Well, like, why does that matter? If you're out for a couple of beers with your buddies, isn't that the reason you're bowling? Well, I agree with that. I agree with that. I'll tell you why I agree with that. Why then do you have to have the, the big scores built in if you're there to have beers and hang out with your buddies? Have beers and hang out with your buddies. Does it matter if you shoot 140 or 240? I don't get it. To me... That that argument, which a lot of people made Ego. in response to my article, is is to me a disingenuous argument. Okay? Well, here's here's why. Here's what your point is, and I agree with you because I mean, how many times, like, and I, I in my tweet, like, we we went back and forth on Twitter about this a couple of days ago. I wrote, well, how many times you go golfing and you hit 105 shots and you remember the one good shot you hit, right? Oh my Darts, god, right? Darts. Rob, no, hold on, stop, Pool. stop there, stop there. Because you gave the best example in that tweet. And, and you know, I bowled on in, a, in some sport leagues, and that that's the side that people don't see. People don't see that there's a guy who shoots, let's say, 520 for the night. Or lower even. Okay, yeah. You, yeah, I mean, I've seen it, believe me. But has those three frames or five frames where he executes it well, and he shoots a messenger across the deck, and right. takes out the 10 and trips the four and then throws a good one and has that four bagger. And he understands, oh, I can do it. I just got to repeat that more often. And, and that's what yeah. creates that's what creates the drive to get to look into it more, to get right. better, to of buy course. a ball, to go right. and practice, to get a lesson, to so that you can unlock that. More often, right. okay. Right. Now, 100%. on on the on the other side of house bowling, recreational bowling, that is completely absent. That is completely absent, folks. Let's be honest. It's how many times do you hear a house bowler or somebody bowling on a house pattern bowl a mediocre series and say, "Oh, you know, I, I, those three or four shots, I really threw them great. If I could just do that more often, I could get this." No. No, they blame the ball. They blame the lanes. They blame the humidity. They blame the approaches. They blame whatever, right? So th- that's totally absent, okay? So again, like I find some of these these arguments that people are making somewhat disingenuous, you know? So Jerry, I guess my- Jerry, Jerry Kessler, another uh, person from, from Jeff's website that follows Jeff's website, wrote another rebuttal, 
and I'll be honest, like, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing. Listen, I have a degree in English, so like, I'm, I'm a good writer. It's always come naturally to me. It's easy for me to put my thoughts into words most times. But I know it's challenging. I had a lot of trouble following the point that Jerry was trying to make in his article. I did, like, I, it was, it was a little bit all over the place to me. But I think one of the things he was saying was that not all house shots are equal, right? And that not all house shots are easy. And I get that too. I'm I living in that, that. I'm living well. that nightmare right now. Yes, but but at the same time, we're in it. We're in a community where people literally seek out the easier places to bowl, so that they can bowl the higher scores. So, like, I I, I don't know, guys. You know, so I don't I, guess, like, I don't know if that's the answer. See, like. M- like me and you like agree on uh, the major part part of the game and, and how it should be more competitive on, on sports shots. But I feel like I always bring up the point. And when I always talk to you about this, I always talk about it is like people they'll always like they're, they'll ask you, well, why does it matter? Okay. Like, why does it matter if half the people bowl on house shots, 20% people bowl on the sports shots and the other 15%, whatever will bowl on whatever, you know, um, some, whatever is out there. And, you know, look, there's a lot of important reasons why we want to see bowling become competitive on harder shots. One, it definitely keeps the integrity of the game, you know, to a high level, right? Where honor scores, 300s, 800s, you know, two, you know, 15 averages are celebrated, right? Really celebrated back when they used to be celebrated back in like the sixties and seventies, right? And eighties even, um, and, and right now, 300s are not celebrated. Someone bowls 300, they put a video, everyone applauds a oh, big game. Okay, there's three other 300s that night, right? It's not, a, a, it's not an uncommon thing. The other thing to me, which is the most important part of keeping the sport on a high-level, competitive, challenging pattern is the fact where, one, it brings money into the high-level, competitive side of the sport. People want to get better. They will spend money at the bowling centers practicing. They'll spend money at the pro shops getting lessons. They'll spend money, um, you know, you know, reading books and, uh, you know, on a, on new equipment, which they probably do already, but maybe to more of a, of an extent, right? Um, you know, they'll spend time in the bowling centers. There's there's a lot of financial benefits to keeping the game uh, at a hard level for the the whole level high level competitive side of the sport. Now, on that being said, yes, the USBC membership would probably decrease, which it already is decreasing, right? Um, probably at a, a bigger uh, extent, it would decrease if all of the USBC leagues went to a challenging shot, right? People might quit, right? It might happen on a short-term basis. But if the integrity of the sport is at a higher level, you might see it go down, but you might see now all of a sudden an increase, right? Slower increase, but you might actually start seeing increasing memberships um, after a while when people's egos are, you know, are, are people are done crying and complaining and, you know, you know, I'm quitting and you know what, you know, bowlers like to do and then maybe decide one day, you know what, I'm going to, I love bowling. I don't want to quit. So let me figure this out. Let me try to get better, right? And how do you get better, right? The mental game, the physical game, the technical side of the game, right? The three keys to getting better. It's like a triangle, right? And if you could master those three aspects of your game, you will get better. Right now, nobody cares about the mental game when they're bowling house shots. Nobody cares about the phys- – you know, nobody cares 
all people care about these days is the equipment. You get a new bowling ball, right? And that's how you, you're going to get better. Nobody cares about the, you know, physically trying to take lessons to get better. Nobody cares about, uh, you know, uh, mentally getting stronger and trying to be better. You know, people just want to go average your 230 and, and, and they want to have their egos fulfilled and then they want to leave and they want to go home. And that's where we are. That's where the sport is. And I'm done. I'm, I'm, I said my piece. And, and that's kind of where why I want to see the bowling get to a, a, a more competitive like level. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm done. I'm done. Tuesday. Is this it? Is this it? Are we are we are we killing the whole talk, talk here? Because shit, man, this league folding, you know, has costed everyone who listens to this show, including us, hours of our lives because you couldn't get people to join your your sport league. No, well, Tuesday, we Tuesday, we're starting back up. New format, no commitment. Uh, if you're local and you want to come <laughs> out. Question, yeah, Tony. Come on out. I, I I love when Tony's in the chat, man, because Tony Tony knows bowling. I know Tony, great guy, lo- loves bowling, knows it, and been in the industry for years. Mike, what do you think a normal league bowler would say when to a one seventy to one ninety average? Who averages one seventy to one ninety? Correct. I think they'd say, "What the hell's a house shot?" So you don't think they even know what a house shot is compared? You think no, that I don't a think, lack of I don't think they know that. Yeah, I don't think they know that there's a whole nother side of the game. Not the people that are averaging 170 to 190. You know, I'm not. I'm not talking to those people. Not worried about. You know, not. Uh, not worried about those people. You Tony, know? where are you working now? What are you? You working for the USBC? <laughs> 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 Tony uh, writes, "You're not going to like me now at my new job." Oh, I want to know what his new job. Probably, is. he's probably the head of head of house shot, house shot quality score control. No, the he's, probably, he's working for like the New England Patriots or something, probably. Um, uh, he's the area manager for Bolero. Well, oh, no, okay. I want. Right. I like. No I like actually. I like hearing that. I like hearing that a lot because I know someone who knows I hope bowling. they get more people like you who know the sport as well as you do. To uh, yeah, Tim you Buck know, understand. <laughs> he's working for Tim Buck, throwing people <laughs> off the site. That would that that yeah, yeah that no, would be pretty I, bad. I do like the fact that Bolero is hiring like people who know bowling. They're not just bringing in like area managers who came from, I don't know, wherever other outside businesses other than bowling. In order for bowling to survive and a company like Bolero to survive, they need to hire people who know bowling, who know the leagues, who know the bowlers, who know the sport. That's the only way Bolero will survive. And if we're all the centers that they're acquiring and all the acquisitions, they better keep people who know the sport. Um, and they better have people talking to the executive boards at their corporate office who know bowling. See, that's my concern with Bolero, Mike. It's not the fact that they have area managers who know bowling. My concern is they have people at the corporate side, right, who are running the PBA, who are running their corporate decisions, the executive boards, all these, you know, uh, 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 I don't even want to say it, but all these old, you know, fuddy-duddies that are running the, the corporate, all this money that have no idea about the sport of bowling and are making decisions for the PBA and for their bowling centers that have no idea about bowling. That's my concern. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hi, Rob. Are we ready to move move forward? We are ready. We're a fire tonight, man. I feel like I feel like. Since we talked about the fighting, the one you know, like me and you are like real riled up right now because of 
Of the well, GTA I mean, listen, like I just spent a week with the with like the whole bowling community. I feel like coming at me, you know, and like <laughs> coming Snow coming meme? at my dome. The like, John Snow meme of like you know, to, like you know, but listen, like I'll be honest, there were a lot of people that were agreed that agreed with me too. My wife went on and read most of the comments, and she was like. A lot of people don't agree with you. She's like, I think you're losing this argument. And I was like, well, I don't care. It's not about winning and losing the argument. It's about, it's about so, you know, the way yeah. I view things. So John Stevenson, well, I, that was a wrong comment. Big Mike versus Mama Mia. Trust me, Mama Mia is going to beat him every time um, with, with 100 pins a game. Um, John, Yeah, Stevenson, but I don't I, – I, see, I'm on – this is what you don't understand, John. I'm, I'm on Mama Mia's side. I'm on my see you think I'm against Mama Mia. I'm on Mama Mia's side. I find if Mama Mia's bowling the 225, 230 house bowler, I'm in the back. I'm in the back chopping it up for Mama Mia. Okay. Because I so want to see Mama thing. Mia take him down. Okay. See, here's the thing, John, is I want Bolero to make money on the bottom line. Okay. If Bolero makes money, the sport survives. I don't want Bolero to not make decisions based on the bottom line. All I'm saying is you can make decisions for the bottom line as well as to keep the level, the high level competitive bowling, like there. I mean, right? listen, you you can if, make if, you could do both if you're paying attention. Okay, uh, they're going to be the only game in town eventually. Eventually, buy the stock. That's why you I know. have the stock. If, if you're paying attention, they're going to be the only game in town. So. If that's the way you think things are going, and that's definitely the way I think things are going, hundred um, percent. Then, yeah, I would rather see people that know bowling involved in it than have it be a bunch of corporate suits who are only interested in you know profitizing uh, the game, you know, in in the way that they think will work, you know. But Bolero's kind of been down that road when they first bought a lot of these centers. And they started treating the league bowlers like crap and jacking up the prices and throwing out high school leagues and, you know, et cetera, hey. et cetera, et cetera. And hey. they've, they've kind of retreated from that. They, they've definitely retreated from that because I think they understand that they made a bad business decision by doing that. But, again, I think it's easier to just have bowlers involved in the corporate structure of Bolero so that they can avoid those mistakes going forward. Yeah, shout outs to Bolero Mesa, by the way, because Bolero Mesa is has been pretty good so far. Um uh while I was bowling the regional match play, I was in my like fourth step and the lane light went off while I was throwing the ball. So literally my ball's going down the lane and the it's dark, right? The pins are dark. And it didn't matter. I mean, at that point I was not doing anything. The um I think the, one of the mechanics or one of the managers walked over to me. And was like apologized like three times to me that happened in my swing. And he was very like legitimately concerned about my like bowling. And uh, I was really impressed because I, I didn't haven't really ever experienced that at a bolero. So, you know, <laughs> most of the, the time I'd expect the bolero to be like, on what purpose. does that matter? What does no, that matter? Purpose, you don't even the need back. the lights on. You don't even need them on. It doesn't make a difference. What are you worried I just, about? I could just see these kids with bolero like uh. loose shirts on. You know, and then in the back, like, hey, let's flip the switch off right when he's about to fucking hit. Anyway, um, all right, all right Rob, ready? let's give the let's give the people what they want. All right, Rob, go ahead. So I pulled someone to send me this post because this person actually bowled a regional a few weeks ago. Um. 
and I thought it was actually really funny. Uh, so I'm going to read it. Uh, Thomas Steed uh, gets worst of the week. His uh, post, um, I think it was just a, a, a status he posted, but somebody took a picture instead of it. Ball to PBA West Regional. The lanes were tough, but I won if you count my mentality staying rock solid. Finished 74th out of 90. I guess he won, Mike. I don't know what else to say. Like, you know, but here's the thing, right? And and we kid on worst of the week. I don't mind a post like that, and I'll be honest with you, because everybody bowling the regionals or bowling the hard tournaments, they all have their own goals, right? Like that, you all have your own goals, like to accomplish. Nobody knows your goals other than you. I mean, his goal for that tournament might have been. He wanted to stay mentally strong. Maybe he beats himself up too much. You know, everybody has their own, um, you know, wars they're fighting, right, internally. So I personally wouldn't have posted that on Facebook. Like, I might have just took that as an internal win and said, hey, I, you know, I did what I accomplished to do. I didn't lose my composure. Now would I post on Facebook that I finished 75th out of 90 and, and thinking and telling everybody that I won? Or I'm or I won my like I probably wouldn't have. I but I don't know. I just wanted to say that point. Like I thought it was a funny post to people put some crazy shit on Facebook these days, Mike. You know, like I I mean it's it's a wild scene that Facebook, you know. That's why I'm not on it. That's why, that's why, <laughs> that's why I only give, post under my wife's name. Jimmy wants to give him a title. <laughs> give that man a title. Oh, Thank Jimmy. You. You made my week with that pity, with that penny post. Oh, with the where pity, is Penny? Penny with the put the boxes and shit next to him. Oh my god! If you don't follow Jimmy on Twitter, Jimmy is the best. The ringing ten. Like Jimmy is—he's literally like a gift of the bowling community. Seriously, Dude, it makes honestly, it makes me so happy that the reason he started his thing is because he was listening to us. And some of the crazy shit we were saying, and he was like, "Yo, I got to start an account to like do some do some videos and stuff based on what these guys are saying." It's just great. So it's so good. It's so good. I can't, you, I can't wait to get a I can't wait to get a Photoshop of of Tom Hess in the middle of a WWE ring with the Tang Brothers. <laughs> True. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, Rob, a while back, I told I put I put the Bowling World on notice from Sweep the Rack, and I told everybody if you if you in any way. If I see you encouraging uh, patch piracy in any way, then I'm going to have to call you <laughs> out. I'm going to have to call you out and give you worst of the week. So even though I bowl this person's tournaments and I enjoy their events. Oh, Greg uh, Tack? Is Greg no, Tack no, worst no, of the week? No, no, oh. no. It's, uh, it's Doug LaCorey from, from Bowlage. Okay. okay, okay. And, you know, he runs sport events in my area as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's and, big in the uh, bowling world. In the he industry, is. I mean. Okay. Yeah. So, so earlier this week he put up a post, uh, and here it is. Okay. And we got, we, we, we might could deep dive on this post if we want to, I kind of want to log off cause I'm exhausted and I want to go to bed, but we could, this is a worst of the week that we could really deep dive on here for patch piracy. Here's the post. Bowlage poll. Bowlage poll. Staff contract is the is the title of the poll. Okay. Okay. Simple question for the group. How many of you have staff level contracts with either a ball manufacturer or some other bowling paraphernalia company? 
paraphernalia. Is that even the word? No. I don't even think it's bowling no. paraphernalia. Paraphernalia is, is like what you smoke crack weed? out of a storm. <laughs> what you smoke weed with paraphernalia. You, you I don't know about crack out of a out of a storm bowl. But you know what? No, it's perfect. Patch pirate paraphernalia. Okay, Patch, Patch P, pirate P3. paraphernalia. It's great. Triple P. Oh my goodness. Okay, he continues. I know some of you have contracts with ball manufacturers and other companies, so you can choose more than one option if it applies, right? Here, here are the options. Are you ready for this? Option one, I have a staff-level contractor hire with a ball manufacturer. Option two, I have a contract with a bowling-related company, i.e. vice inserts, pro shop, etc. Option three, I am not in any way associated with any bowling companies and have no contracts. Okay. Are you ready for the results? All right. I have option one. I have a staff level contractor hire with a ball manufacturer. 120 people voted too. I want to make that clear. 120. This was not like five people voting. 120 people voted. 28% said yes. They have a staff level contractor hire with a ball manufacturer. 20% okay. patch, patch pirates. 28%. Okay. I have a contract with a bowling-related company. Now, there could be some mixing here, right, between the 28% and this one. 23%. Okay. I am no way associated with anyone. 49%. So, half and half? I mean, Really? You know, I wish I wish he would have explored that poll more and asked how many of those people that are on staff at work or own bowling pro shops. Okay, fair point. Yeah, no, you're right. Because I guarantee right. you out of the 28%, 20 to 25% of the 28% are, um, are pro shop. How many people have been busted by the police for bowling paraphernalia? <laughs> That's what, the, that's what uh, our poll is going to be on Sweep the Rack. How many people have been caught smoking smoking crack out of a storm bowl or a storm pipe? Oh, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if they sell those. 65. So t- Tony says, I, I would say over 65% work in shops. Tony, I would challenge that. And I would say I would guarantee you it's about 80 to 85%. You know, um, the look being a former patch pirate, a patch pirate, right? If that's what you want to call it, a former, um, when I, when I, 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 it's hard to have a leg to stand on if you don't have any kind of direct, like contact with like revenue for the bowling ball companies, right? And you know that, right? So like as someone who maybe was just bowling, and I wasn't bowling a lot, but maybe someone who was bowling, it's tough to prove my worth to a bowling ball company to get free stuff, right? Now, why do bowling ball companies probably keep a lot of patch pirates is because a lot of patch pirates, yes, they might get one free ball from the release, but guess what, Mike? They probably buy like six to eight other bowling balls because they get some kind of staff level discount. So in, in their eyes, they're probably they're still in reality making sales off of the patch pirates. They figure by giving one ball to these people on a new release, they're probably getting six to eight sales instead of them going and trying to like buy from other companies, right? So there's also that part of it too that we never talk about. We could dig into Pat. Maybe next week. Oh, 
Mike, somebody wants maybe, to dig in, dig in the patch pirates. Maybe patch next pirates. week we can Arr, maybe. Arr, maybe next week we could we could explore the the world of the patch pirate, like in that Netflix documentary. You want to you know? know something? You want to know something? I think I just I think I just decided on my Halloween costume. Are you be a patch pirate? I am. I think I'm gonna Dude. be a patch pirate for Halloween. I'm gonna I'm gonna get myself a the rack rosin bags. Uh by the way, we have sweeped the rack worst of the rosin bags. Uh if you want them, reach out to us. Uh does uh back count as as paraphernalia? I don't know, maybe like we have to come up with a definition of what our uh bowling paraphernalia is gonna be. I don't know. Somebody um, asked Doug LaCory what what bowling paraphernalia is. I don't know. Doug's uh, wild. He's wild. He shot three hundred. The he listen. He's always out of pocket because he does these three hundred articles for all the house shot bowlers that shoot three hundred, and he puts a punny headline on them. He just shot a three hundred the other night himself. I mean horror show, horror show shooting three hundred. When does uh, when does it when does it end? Of all these like social media posts of people going three hundred. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Until, we get until it. we until we button up, until we button up and make them tough, hoss. I promise you there's no Charlie, there's no paraphernalia in the in the rosin bags. No, we won't be sending them out for 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 could be from my garage though. I don't know. You know, yeah, we wouldn't be sending them out. Uh, hi, Rob. Final thoughts? Uh, got a bone tournament this Sunday. 37-foot, 1 to 1.9 ratio. Woo-hoo! Oh, so, have fun with that. That sounds I know, brutal. I, I just drilled a new urethane, and I hate to say it, but I'm probably going to give that a run on the fresh oh, yeah. to see what that looks like. Oh, yeah. Um, no quit. Yo, anything under 40 feet, like. No question. Yeah. Forget and about surface, it. Like, it's your thing. The, fir- the first couple, the first couple games. No question. I think. Yeah. You know? the even even hooks. for better bowlers, it seems like even any things over forty feet, it's still in play for at least a game or two. But yeah, definitely for me, feet. for me, anything under forty feet, like that, it, that's the first ball out of the bag, and I'm probably sticking with it no matter what. Well, I think what what how I look at it is usually depends on the lane surface, right? Because. I could have thrown urethane on the 48-foot at Mesa because their surface is just – they hook. I know, but how, how many times you know, in the current environment do you run into a surface that's not beat up and hooking? Right. Well, that's why urethane is so prevalent I know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree. I so, think you know, these old, these old uh, synthetic surfaces, you know, God knows how, w- w- you know, w- how much they're burn up, et cetera. So, yeah, so yeah. I'll have two urethanes with me um, most likely. But, yeah, so that's my – Final thought, you know, I'm going to practice at B3 Saturday before. Um, yeah, Nico, let us know how you done. Uh, how, yeah, good how luck, you man. Done. Safe travels. It's getting late. I can't even talk that. Yeah, let us know how you did. Um, but, yeah, I'll be practicing Saturday at B3 for an hour, and then Sunday I'll bowl. And then, yeah, um, see how it goes. So, Mike, what what, what, what you got? Uh, yo, shout to people in Florida, yo. Oh, yeah, man. Shout Crazy. to people in Florida. I know. Uh, I actually have some family down there that's yeah, dealing, with, dealing with some stuff right now. I know your brother's down there and whatnot. But uh, shout well, out to people in Florida. We had a couple, it. yeah, we had a couple people in the chat, um, you know, mention that they were missing league tonight. You know, obviously people are dealing with bigger issues than that down there. But uh, you know, shout out to the people in Florida. Uh, next Tuesday, anybody that's local that's listening to this, if you want to come out and uh, bowl on some sports stuff, 
next Tuesday, October 4th, 7 p.m. Um, Brent Bolero Hazlitt, all right, if you guys want to come out, uh, exit 117 off the parkway, uh, we'll be there. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a decent amount of people. You know, we'll be doing some doubles and singles pots. Uh, show up that night, get paid that night, no commitment. Show up whenever you want. Uh, and that's about, oh, also, yeah, you know, it's about it, man. Uh, oh, I'll be going to the, to the, uh, uh, Rev Rates Training Center too, Parker Bone Training Center. I'm, I'm, I'm going to book some time tomorrow to go on Saturday and probably just, uh, most likely just, uh, get some work in, you know, since I'm going to be bowling on Tuesday, it's been a while since I threw the rock. So I want to get out there and get a good session. So, uh, Saturday morning, I'll probably be over there, uh, getting that done you know, maybe from like nine to 11. So if anybody's around and you want to join me, hit me up. If you got my info, uh, folks, as always, uh, we appreciate you joining us. We appreciate all the comments in the chat. I appreciate everybody who read and commented and reached out to me about the article that I wrote. Uh, you know, it was a good conversation. I think it was a well-needed conversation. I'm sorry if I offended anybody or pissed anybody off or, if people people felt like no, I was not. coming no, at them, not. I'm not. You're right. I'm really not sorry, but <laughs> I don't. I don't want people to be mad at me, though. I don't. I don't want it to be like Dude, that. That's, hey, know? that's what happens when you become the uh, you know bowling. Yeah, but uh, why? Like why? Because I'm honest. I said something to to, to to that on on uh, Jeff's Facebook page. Like what? Because I'm honest, uh, I deserve criticism. Like no, I'm sorry. Like you might you might not agree with me, it, but you can't. You. You cannot say that there's anything in that article I said that is not true. Okay. Mike, so here's the I thing. Leave is, it is like, and I talked about it when you're on social media and you have a, a, a strong opinion uh, about a topic, uh, you're going to get um, people that aren't, gonna, are, aren't, aren't going to agree with you. Unfortunately, these days, uh, people are a little bit more, uh, I would say, aggressive because they're behind a computer screen. Um, and they can be aggressive and no repercussions can happen to them unless you run into them in person and you know them. And then it's a whole different story. But we're in a different day and age with social media where you, if you have a public opinion and you are strong about it and you're going to get a lot of hate and a lot of criticism and a lot of, you know, people arguing with you. So, you know, uh, that's the world we live in. But, Mike, we appreciate your honesty. That's why I am who I am, dog. That's why I am who I am. I don't care. That's why I put it out there. I ain't really worried about it. Folks, thanks for joining us. Hit us up. Uh, Sweep the Racket Gmail. Sweep the Racket Gmail. Follow us on Twitter. He's at BrooklynRob11. I'm at the 215th. Everybody, enjoy your weekend. We'll see you next week. Sweep the Racket. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.